Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 785 with Rudy Mick. We're doing a workshop. We're going deep. Get ready for it. The headline here is that prime cost is consistent and that rather than a standalone number like inventory is X thousands and a food cost of whatever my target is, 30%, 31, 28, whatever the number is, rather than these standing numbers that are just not really backed, that we can actually triangulate, come at our targeted numbers in a triangulated way, anticipating the outcome. So that's going to be the goal of this. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. If you're sick of all of your employees coming to you for information, direction, and guidance on how to do the job right, that might mean you have a people-dependent operation. The operation depends on you. What you need is a system-dependent operation, and that's where Sweet Process can help. Sweet Process is a software that enables companies to have a central place for all their procedures, processes, and policies. By default, Sweet Process offers a free 14-day trial. By using our dedicated sign-up link, you will get an extended 28-day free trial. Go to www.sweetprocess.com slash unstoppable. Again, and that's www.sweetprocess.com slash unstoppable. Bebot is the next generation of point of sale. That's because it's mobile, it's in your pocket, it's fast, and it's so easy for your guests to use. Not to mention it's contactless, it's branded to your restaurant, there's zero commission fees. You can use this technology through takeout, delivery, and dining, and it integrates with your POS. Bebot, the contactless order and pay solution powering the future of hospitality. To get your first three months free, go to www.bbot.menu slash unstoppable. This episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And Seven Shifts is trusted by over 400,000 restaurant professionals because it gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.sevenshifts.com slash unstoppable that's the number seven s-h-i-f-t-s dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free What's going on, Unstoppables? I am super excited for today's workshop because I know it's going to leave you in a great place. But before I dive into what you can expect from today's conversation, quick reminder, please support our sponsors. If you support our sponsors, they'll continue to support the show. It goes such a long way. Uh, Please let them know that you discovered them through this podcast. Use our links. Many times the products and services that are recommended on the show have affiliate programs, which means they pay me out for referrals. So if you use our links, we can sometimes earn a commission. Even better, shoot me an email, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. I'll make a personal introduction if you're interested in a tour service uh, mentioned on the, sh- on the show. Uh, share this episode with anybody and everyone you know who's aspiring to be great in the industry. If you're finding value in 
in this podcast, spread the word, please. And thank you. And then lastly, join the network. Uh, that's where these events are happening. Uh, that's where we scheduled today's workshop. Um, and the people that joined us in today's conversation are members of the workshop. You can literally connect with my guests as we're recording these workshops and just take your restaurant unstoppable experience to the next level. So today we're talking to Rudy Mick. If the name Rudy Mick sounds familiar, it's because he is a repeat guest on the show. He's one of my most trusted mentors in the network and also one of the, mo- the most active members in the network. And uh, Rudy, whenever I introduce Rudy, I kind of just say, oh, this is Rudy. He's my friend. He's a consultant. Uh, listen to what he says. Uh, but today I want to give him a little bit more of an in-depth introduction to really get to really help you understand uh, who he is and where he comes from and why you should be listening to him today. So Rudy is an executive coach, psychologist, restaurateur, writer, speaker, athlete, and dad. His clients typically run a three to five times above median profit within our industry and they they get there within the contract period when when they're working with Rudy. He's the co-founder and curriculum creator for UCLA's Extensions Hospitality Management Program and was an adjunct professor for 13 years. Rudy is a certified management consultant, CMC. Uh, this certification is only given after meeting the highest global standard in ethical canons of the profession. Uh, less than 1% of all consultants have achieved this level of excellence. He's also a member of the Food Service Consultant Society International and has served as as a worldwide board member, chairman of the Americas, and chair of continuing professional standards for the food service industry. Uh, Rudy worked with over 1,750 restaurateurs to shift their dreams to achieve goals. He and his team have over 350 successful restaurant startups. So, we need to be paying attention today. I hope I kind of delivered uh, the significance of and this is probably why I always do such a brief introduction because if I did this every time, it would just go on and on and on. But we need to be paying attention today. Um, today we're talking about costing secrets. These are Rudy's costing secrets. If you implement the lessons learned in today's workshop, you could, will increase your cash in the bank. You will improve your prime costs typically by three to six percent or more. You'll have less inventory to purchase or count. You'll have less shrinkage in waste and you'll increase performance by your managers and your staff. And this, what we're covering today is just a glimpse of what's to come in April. Uh, Rudy and I are collaborating on a six week live course. So if you found value, if you want to learn more, if you want to go deeper in the things we covered today, make sure you, after you listen to today's episode, if you want to really take the, the, this knowledge to the next level, you go register and you get signed up for the live course in the network. So when you sign up for this live course in the network, you're also going to get three months free access to restaurant unstoppable network. I don't want, um, having to join the network to inhibit you from taking this course. So I'm going to give you three months of free access to the network when you sign up to take this course and you can join us live. We're going to record this course. Uh, if you can't make it live, we'll record it so you can uh, purchase it in the future as a recorded course and you can get that information. We're also going to record the Q&A from the live version so you have those extra bonus materials there of people asking the questions that you might have as well. So um, more on that and how you can find the course in the closing thought 
thoughts. But for now, um, here it is costing secrets with Rudy Mick. I know you're going to find value. Enjoy. Oh, I almost forgot to mention, uh, this is also being recorded with the video and there's a lot of visual, um, elements to today's episode. So if you want to the video component, make sure you head over to YouTube and, uh, you search restaurant unstoppable Rudy Mick costing. I'm sure the video will pop up, um, and subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're there, you knuckleheads. All right. Enjoy. So with excitement, allow me to welcome back on the show for I don't know how many times it's been now. Rudy Mick, my man, are you feeling unstoppable today? Always, baby. Always. Yes. So Rudy's been, like I said, uh, he's been on the show a bunch of times now. He's my go-to guy for all things operations, culture, you name it, HR. Today we're talking about costing and uh, profit secrets that nobody has ever taught you until now. Um, this is actually the second time we've hosted this workshop. We had a really great first session, really great feedback. Uh, we had a little bit of issues with Wi-Fi the first time around, so we thought we'd record it again so we could publish it to the podcast uh, so the greater Restaurant Stoppable uh, listeners could could benefit from the, the knowledge that Rudy's about to drop on us. So with no more further ado, Rudy, why don't you get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra before we get started? What do you got for us? Be on purpose, buddy. Be on purpose. What? Why is that the quote that you wanted to bring to today's conversation? The ground of performance, I think, is knowing the bigger why of performance in the first place. The ground so of performance is knowing the bigger why of performance in the first place. Did I hear that correctly? Yep. Okay, dive into that. Well, so we're going to actually talk. How about if I answer your question actually within the slides and the whole world of costing? Since Let's our, do it. Since our focus is costing as a whole. Um, and I want to... Um, welcome Mike back and Mr. Bosman. Welcome. Thank you for being here with us and uh, Natalia and everybody in our virtual audience as well. So that said, um, with this process of costing through the whole dialogue, Eric, let's keep coming back to that sense of why or what I call purpose. Okay. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we talk about with performance and profitability in the restaurant business. And ironically, I think more, more than any industry I know of, we have this funny term in our, in our world of costing. We talk about prime costs. We talk about cost analysis. We talk about opportunity costs. But costing is really taking a look at at prime costs for sure, cost of goods. But at the same time, every line item on a financial statement on a P&L is a costing mechanism. And I don't know any other industry that talks in that way, but the costing is jargon of what is this cost against my income? And the other sad fact of our business is that well over uh, well over the median, the net profit in the industry is about 3%. And I know Mike does better than that. I don't know about our other audience members in the moment. 
but our average client is running minimum 15, 18, some are in the 20s. There's no reason in the world that I've got to settle for three or four or five percent. Why do you think that is that we get to that point of three or four or five percent or even people saying that like eight or ten percent is good? Well, it's interesting on the Restaurants Unstoppable site. There are have there have been a couple posts I've seen in the last few days that talk about the um, no fun no fun in numbers. Dude, the whole business is about numbers, right? And it's about pennies, not dollars. And when, in at least my perspective, and my comment is made from a guy, I barely made it through math, not algebra in high school, and suddenly got into business. And it was like, oh my God, it's addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. And making money is a really fun thing to do. Yeah. Listening to you talk, I can't help but think of Jack stack, the great game of business. And it's, yeah. it's I think it's just a mind. It's a, it's a mindset thing where like well, people are intimidated by money. And we had one of our yeah. last attendees last time straight up say that he's afraid of these numbers. And it, there's yeah, for yeah. some reason it just scares people. But I think if, if you look at it as something to be, get excited about to, to make it a, into a game and to know that it's about tracking the numbers and being a better version of yourself, c- comparing yourself to the months before the weeks before the days before. And then when you start seeing it like a game, it's a game changer. But what you're going to share with us oh. today is how to look at those numbers so we can start treating it like a game and, and have fun with it. Yeah. Right. I love it. So your point, Jack stacks book, which is actually written by Bo Burlingham. Yep. Bo and Jack wrote it together, The Great Game of Business. Uh, the published date, I think, as I recall, was 1994. It's still to this day the best book ever written on profit on uh, open books, profit sharing, and uh, using numbers as a game. So to your point, uh, last kind of headline on this is, what would football or basketball or baseball be without a score? And that's all the numbers are, Right. And so this issue of prime costs, especially, I talked to so many operators and so many of our Restaurants Unstoppable members that, oh, one week my prime food cost is 24, the next week it's 18, the next week it's 50, the next week it's 28, is it bouncing back and forth? It's like, no, 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 no. We can target it, stay with it, and have it be stable. That's the goal of this um, of this session. Awesome. So in terms of an overview, I want to share with the audience some stuff that most of the industry, even the best schools in the country, Florida, California, uh, CIA, CCA, uh, Johnson & Wales, Nobody teaches this stuff. Most of the POS companies don't have it. Most of the costing software doesn't have it. And uh, it's what's been, it's what's made our consulting business and our restaurants be radically successful. So I want to share with you a couple of those secrets and the path to get there. Um, and last but not least on this piece is passion to happiness. We'll talk more about that along the way because what a great business we have. Okay. I love it. Um, 
So the focus of this hour is an overview. We're not going to go into a whole bunch of detail, but um, it is a, this is kind of a taster for a course you and I are offering that's going to be very specific and going in depth. The headline here is that prime cost is consistent and that rather than a standalone number like inventory is X thousands and a food cost of whatever my target is, 30%, 31, 28, whatever the number is, rather than these standing numbers that are just not really backed, that we can actually triangulate, come at our targeted numbers in a triangulated way, anticipating the outcome. So that's going to be the goal of this. Taking a look, my physical counts, daily accrued to the week to match against the physical count, to match against purchasing, that triangulation allows me the opportunity. This is the whole session in one slide. I cannot miss the target. Period, end of subject. I will not miss it. So that's the goal. Passion, happiness, on purpose. For me, I'm looking, doesn't matter the age of the team member. Our whole business model is to find passionate players, passionate folks that are looking for a life of uh, inspiration, not just a job, that we define why we're in business, what guides our decision-making and values. And one of the values is profitability. Why not? Yeah, this is, have, this is something that ahead. you've helped me be better about because I've always kind of been anti, like, it's not about the money. You know, it's, it's about the purpose. It's about service to others. Uh, but, you know, and I, and I think those things that I just mentioned, purpose, service to others are important. But at the same time, why is it, why is it in your opinion that we need to make profitability or fiscal health a core value? So, so there's a nuance here of some players would say money is the only reason for commerce. Generate profit. That is the reason I'm being, that I'm, that's my why for being in business. I would say that profitability actually is a value, not the why. Because if I'm not profitable, I can't achieve anything. But if I am profitable, the profit becomes an engine, you guys. It becomes an engine to accomplish my vision. So maybe my vision is five restaurants. Maybe it's 500 restaurants. Maybe it's through my restaurant I get to set up a nonprofit that is educational and cooking schools for those folks that don't have tuition to go to Johnson & Wales or CCI or whatever it might be, right? So that here's the other piece, is that if profit is the only why, if profit is the reason for being in business, then it's just a job. And guess what? I get profit, you get an hourly wage. Good for you, but don't expect me to give you anything. I was going to say something else. So the opportunity is how, to me, passion, inspiration. This goes back to what's the word restaurant, right? A place one goes to be restored. 
but whatever uh, that makes me a restorer of soul, great purpose. What what's the outcome? Not only do I feed people, but I feed soul. What a cool job! Yeah. What a and and the values then guide the decision making to achieve this vision mission what's the point of the rest of this spiral mission maybe one mission is get profitable in the kitchen get profitable at the bar get profitable and carry out how do i figure out not how to do third-party delivery and covid that takes all my profit how do we actually here's a mission deliver profitability through our internal delivery mechanism create more jobs, cross-training for delivery, objective, task, complete. We get hands-free delivery with a smile on our face, repeated visit, and our profitability goes up. Mission complete, on purpose, filled with passion, guided by values to achieve our vision. So this spiral is really pragmatic. When I talk about passion and happiness, I'm not trying to be rah-rah. I'm actually saying, how do I get a smile on my face instead of just beating my head with an 80-hour week that a lot of restaurateurs live? Awesome. Thank and you for getting into that. So that's the speech. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's get dig into, into the tools. Yeah. There's always the great mechanic. Okay. So – You'll notice step two here, the, the, what we've found, uh, again, big headline here, our approach to profitability and high performance is a six-step method. We know who we are regardless of our concept, what, meaning what's our purpose, what are our values, what's our vision, what does training look like, etc. because we know who we are. Fiscal health is a must. It's a must but it's not why we're in business. It keeps us in business. It drives performance to support everything we have in our purpose to our vision of growth. How we communicate the fiscal health and knowing who we are inspires hiring. The hiring and knowing who we are and the fiscal health and the communication now develops training about fiscal acuity and what performance on the floor or online looks like. And then that leads us to ongoing learning, not unlike Restaurant Unstoppable, right? I love it. So so we're going to focus on step two with this fiscal acuity. These are the parts that I look at that we hold on to. Uh, Our business, and Mike, you've heard me say this before, our business is really a daily business. It's not a monthly business. At the most, it's a weekly business. How did my performance go from today to week to date to period to date to quarter to date to year to date? It's not thinking terms of a period instead of a month. If we wait for a month to end, we'll be broke. Our numbers, if we wait to do inventory to the end of the month, I'm now reacting instead of anticipating. 13 periods instead of 12 months. You guys have heard me say this before. I'm not going to really go into depth here. Period close three to 10, five days. 
if you've got an accountant or you're doing a PL and it's coming out a month late or a quarter late or worse, or you don't even have numbers, forget it. You're dead. How do we close the period within three to five days? 10 days is even too long. But if I look at my numbers daily accrued to the week, the period close is just a confirmation of my performance. Headline next, I bank dollars, but I manage percentages. So do you have percentages? Are you looking at percentages? We'll talk about this more. Eric, you had mentioned Jack Stack's work. I'm a devout believer in open books and teaching and profit sharing. The money comes back in buckets. That's a whole other issue. The real headline here is what we call operations accounting. And that's part of the secret. The daily, weekly at the top, the 13 periods and the operations accounting are really the headlines here. Got it. And for anybody who's listening to this. accountants, if we talk to them about operations accounting, won't even know what we're talking about. So here's where we're going with operations. And I just want to make a quick note. Anybody who's listening to this on the podcast, there is a video component to what Rudy's talking to you right now. If you want to watch the video, head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash 785. That will be uh, where you can find the video to watch what we got going on right now. If you want to watch the video component of that, keep on going, Rudy. Okay. So headlines with operations accounting. Operations accounting is looking at not waiting for the PL, not looking for an annual budget or an annual year-to-date tax return, which is tax accounting. Operations accounting is really looking at my numbers every day. My especially my prime costs, my inventory, my purchasing, my receiving, my sales on a daily basis. And instead of not worrying about those, being actively engaged with those numbers on a daily basis, accrued to the week, accrued to the period, accrued to the year. Um, We're going to go into more depth with that in our course that starts in about a month. Okay, so our focus today is really on prime costs. That is my cost of food, my cost of beverage, my cost of labor. And of those three, we're going to focus on food today. Okay. Um, So regardless, so what I'm going to share with you works regardless of your concept, your segment, your location, and your size. We know that if you've got, um, and actually, by the way, let me pause the tape real quick. For anybody that's watching this that has uh, dyslexia or is uh, uh, ADD or ACD, whatever, whatever initials you've got after your name that make reading tough, I apologize because my slides are content heavy uh, simply to keep us moving. I'm happy to explain anything that's on these pages and slides. So please just stop me if there's a question. So concept segment, location size, rice, beans, flour, potato, starch, starch, corn. Think of tortillas. Think of Asian food, any of it. Think of Thai soups. Um, Man, we're going to run a food cost of 18, 19, maybe even 17. 
certainly not higher than 21. And there's all kinds of opportunity there. The same thing holds true, though, with organic food or produce. It may seasonally fluctuate. Organics are typically more expensive. That doesn't mean we can't run a consistent cost. Prime beef, meaning aged prime class rather than choice. The food cost on that might be as high as 45, 44, 43, where rice and beans might be as low as 12, 13. Pizza, 13, 14%. Some of the individual pies, a cheese pizza, ought to be coming in at 11 to 12%. Prime beef steak might be 46. Doesn't matter which number is right. It means that each of those categories and concepts has its own right number. Fish in the high 30s, probably, unless we're doing frozen sandwich, you know, fish sort of stuff and we're McDonald's and Burger King and and doing fish fillet sandwiches. Blended, probably in the mid 30s, high 20s. My point is, in any of these categories, the prime cost does not need to vary. Prime cost. There's actually nine parts. Usually we only talk about six. Theoretical and ideal is first. Then how we purchase, how we receive, our physical inventory, depletion inventory, perpetual inventory, which is on our POS. Most of us are running POS that will say they're selling us perpetual. And the perpetual variance of what's our real number versus what the presumed perpetual number, excuse me, depletion number is, that variance may be as high as 9% off. It's typically 6 to 7% at least. This is as good as nothing. It's not a control. So unless you're selling hamburger patties and hot dog links, period, I've got 10, I sell five, therefore I have five left. Depletion is not something to pay attention to. There's, that said, what's perpetual inventory? We're going to go into depth with this in the, in the coming days. Daily costing is really where we're going to focus. Menu mix, buy, even now with the technology we've got, I can swing my food cost and my uh, wine cost, my uh, liquor cost, depending on the menus that I've got for those. But literally, the way I design my menu, meaning how are the categories listed, how are the items listed, I can swing my real food cost by 4 to 6% in one week simply by shifting how my menu is designed. This is the case even online, even on phone apps, doesn't matter. There are specific ways people still read. About 96% of the population takes in information just like these nine lists. The great majority of the audience is going to read these nine things in a given way. Last but not least, my sales team, whether it's in person or virtual, by the way we share or greet a guest or say goodbye to a guest, I can impact the sales by three or four percent easy. 
questions about this. Mike, I know you're on the air. Nat and Natalia, welcome. Mr. Bossman. I wonder if you guys have any questions. I'm going really fast. So I just wonder, Mike, especially you've heard some of this before. Questions about this at all? Anything we've talked about so far? I'm seeing shaking heads. No. Keep in mind, we are going to leave a little bit of time at the end uh, to answer okay. questions. So, Sweet. So okay. if you guys have questions, make sure you do write them down in case they do get out of your head. And actually, this is a great time to take a, our first break to thank our sponsors. And we'll be right back to continue on. Do you have team members asking you the same questions over and over again? That's because the business hinges on a person, you. You don't want people-dependent operations. You want system-dependent operations. Growing up in the restaurant industry, my dad would always say, you don't own a restaurant, a restaurant owns you. And that's true until you can replace yourself with systems, procedures, processes, policies, tools, and technologies. And that's where Sweet Process comes in. Sweet Process is a software that enables companies to have a central place for all their procedures, processes, and policies. It makes it easy for management managers and their ground-level employees to collaborate together to create these procedures, processes, and policies. It also makes it easy to continuously improve these documents together. Sweet Process becomes the one source of truth, the one place where every employee, regardless of their role in the restaurant, can go to find information on how work is done right. By default, Sweet Process offers a free 14-day trial. But if you go to www.sweetprocess.com slash unstoppable, you can get an extended 28-day free trial. That's www.sweetprocess.com slash unstoppable. We're back and Rudy, get right back into it. Super. So to the audience, where I want to focus right now is daily costing, which most companies do not do and to me it's the secret of high performance the daily costing is going to integrate into the physical inventory purchasing and receiving and the perpetual okay the big headline here is that most of us in the industry don't budget we give some target food cost um Again, pizza, maybe we're shooting for 19, Mexican food, 20 20 or 19. Uh, Asian cuisine, same thing, um, et cetera. But my point is, how do we budget? And Eric, this comes back to how are numbers fun, not a headache, right? Because I can actually, I can look at the score of the game on a daily basis. It's really, really fun. So we're going to look at daily costing against a budget, purchasing against a budget, inventory against a budget. Same issues with beverage, even though we're not going to talk about beverage specifically. And to a great degree, labor is the same against budget, against budget, against budget. Okay. I mentioned that on uh, depletion inventory, most POS systems and costing systems that are out there are looking at a 6 to 7% variance, at least oftentimes as high as 9%. I want to get you to a 1% or less variance. Since, uh, Mike, since I last saw you and Eric, since I last talked to you, I've got two clients right now that are running at 0.25, one quarter of 1% variance. 
is so it's it's incredible. And we'll talk about why this is important in just a couple of minutes. So, what is cost? How do I create a budget? There's three formulas. Our industry typically only teaches two. Formula one, you're going to learn in most textbooks about kitchens. You're going to learn in food and beverage school or um, culinary school. Most hospitality programs have it as well. My beginning inventory plus purchases minus the inventory, ending inventory, equals my cost. This is a really classic formula, and it's still true. It works. Beginning plus purchases minus ending equals the cost in dollars. If I want to get a percentage, I go to formula two. The cost, meaning the end of the the result of formula one, the cost divided by the sales of that same period. So if I'm doing inventory once a month, it's the sales of a month. It's the, if I'm doing it once a week, it's the sales of the week. Okay. The cost in dollars divided by the sales in dollars equals cost of goods. Sometimes we call it COGS for short, C-O-G. Another version for COGS percentage is PC, percentage cost. PC percentage. So with all these you're using, we have a, um, what's the word, a a standard period, whether it's a day or a, a week or a month. And no matter what the period is, these all hold true. That's a, a constant variable. They, ex- exactly. So if we're counting, if we're counting inventory, so there are a lot of operators that hate doing inventory, and frankly, I do too. Right? It sucks. However, it's an incredible teaching opportunity. And if I only do inventory once a month, or once a quarter, or God forbid, only once a year this inventory count turns into an event. It's massive. It's, it's hard. If I do it on a regular basis, it becomes a system, and I can count a $20,000 inventory in an hour and a half like that. Yeah, and there's a lot of tools today that have come up a lot on the show yeah. that make counting inventory much more streamlined. Um, I don't need to get into those now, but just to make sure we all understand, uh, if we're looking at this first formula, which is the beginning inventory plus the purchases minus ending inventory equals costs. Say on Monday, I'm going to count everything that's on my shelves in my refrigerator. Uh, I'm going to add all the purchases I need to make that week to, to get the job done. And then I'm going to, I had that the purchases I had make in that made in that same period from Monday to say Sunday. And then on Sunday at the end of that period, we're going to minus everything that's on the shelves and in the refrigerators, whatever's left is your cost. Yes. And since, uh, you know, bravo to you. And the slippery slope is that the ending inventory is the new beginning inventory. Okay. Okay. Got it. The ending inventory is the new beginning inventory of the next period. The question is how often do I count? 
Got it. I'm just trying to be the lowest common denominator here. Yeah, no, no, no. I love it. I love it. Awesome. So I'm going to make the case. I'm going to make the case that we ought to be, especially at the start, if you want, if you've got, if anybody listening has got an inconsistent prime cost, it's going up, it's going down. Oh, I don't think I have control of this because my business goes up and down. God bless COVID. Saying that's a fallacy. We can actually control and keep consistent our cash flow, our costs, our profitability, whether sales are up or down. My recommendation, especially to start this, is to think about doing inventory once a week until it gets stable, stable, stable. Once it's stable, maybe then begin to count less often. Okay. Formula two, that ending, the ending cost of beginning plus purchases minus ending. That's the, that's the uh, numerator of formula two, the cost divided by my sales for that same period. That is cost of goods. Both of these formulas we teach in culinary school and hospitality management school all over the country. There's all kinds of textbooks about it. Here's what we don't teach. I'll go back to the boring thing. Numbers. Dude, this lights my life on a daily basis and my our clients as well as our kitchen managers. I know my numbers every single day accrued to the week, accrued to the period, to the audience. I'm not exaggerating. I've got 16-year-olds managing $4 million in food sales, 16-year-olds hitting numbers within a tenth of a percent. That's awesome. They're managing purchasing. They're managing production. They're managing receiving. They're managing um, that entire budget, 16, 17, 18-year-olds. I don't have to be 40 to get this. Okay. Here's how simple the formula is. What I bought today divided by my sales today. My purchases against my sales. That's actually my cost of goods. In reality, instead of the previous formula, this is actually my cost of goods because it's the actual dollar amount that I'm spending. What I bought today, what I bought this week, forget the inventory, what I bought against what I sold. Period. End of subject. You're going to get sick of this slide. My prime cost is consistent. Cost against sales against budget. My prime cost is consistent. Yes, it can be. This is your new mantra. Okay. Here's here's how simple this is. I want to look at my costing daily accrued to the the WTD, PTD, QTD, week to date, period to date, quarter to date, year to date. Most of us run a week that is Monday to Sunday, like you named, Eric. We might find that our big purchasing day is Friday morning, or maybe it's Thursday. 
So maybe what if we artificially, and this is the power of a 13 period year, maybe artificially have the first day of the week be Wednesday. Excuse me. Let it be Thursday if that's my big purchasing day and my weekend is Wednesday. It can be, I do, it doesn't have, my week does not have to be Monday through Sunday because what I want to do is manage cash. Give me an example of when you might want to change that period, it, where, where it might make sense to change that period. So in one of our earlier classes on RU, we had somebody that was, um, that mentioned, hey, we only purchase two days a week. I only get two deliveries. So when I was a kid, we literally got food five days a week, right? Those days are gone. Maybe I get a, maybe I get deliveries three times a week if I'm high volume. But for the most part, a great majority of the industry now gets two deliveries a week. So what are those delivery days? That's the first question. Second question is, is my weekend, is my Friday and Saturday and Sunday actually Friday and Saturday? Or in some areas, like I've got some clients in Ontario, California, where pre-COVID was a huge transportation center. And their Friday and Saturday is Monday and Tuesday. People fly in from all over the world. They work they work Monday through Friday and then they fly home on Friday night back to their lives. Their big days are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, instead of Friday, Saturday, Sunday, everybody leaves. Got it. So, so that would be an example. Thank you. Thank you for getting into that. Okay. So here's how this might work. If let's say arbitrarily, so we, I was earlier, I was talking about rice and beans. I was talking about prime beef for seafood let's arbitrarily pick 25% as cost of goods. Okay. Your cost of goods may be unique to you. It may not be 25. I'm just using 25 as a relatively round number um, and our example. So if you look on this slide with 52 weeks with $14,000 in food sales a week, with a 25% food cost, the cost of goods, my purchasing budget becomes, if I'm going to hit 25.0, my purchasing budget cost becomes 3,500 bucks. If I spend $3,501, I've gone over budget. It's that simple. Here's what this looks like. So think of my budget, that purchasing budget, as a checkbook. If I go one penny over, I'm going to bounce a check. Nobody wants to do that. This is, again, where the numbers become fun. So here's this format filled out per day, per week, per period. 14000 25% thereof is 3500 By the period, 28 days, 56,000 in sales, $14,000 checkbook. By the year, 728,000 in food, 182. If I spend 182,5, I'm going to go over budget. 
here's the magic. By the day, that 14000 a week turns into seven days a week open, 2000 a day. If I'm only open six, if I'm Chick-fil-A or I'm some other sort of faith-based company that decides I don't want to be open on, maybe it has nothing to do with faith-based. But regardless, if I'm open seven days a week, 14000 divided by seven is 2000 times 25%, $500 a day. That's my checkbook. Yeah. And I feel the urge to remind people who are listening to this, if you head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 785, we'll have the video hosted right there in the show notes if you want to watch this video, if you're a visual person like I am. Uh, keep going. Great. Right? Super. Thanks so much. So where we're headed then next, we've talked about this, the checkbook, the budget is a checkbook. If the sales go up, my budget goes up. If I go up to 15000 or 16000 my budget would go up requisitely. If it goes down, my budget goes down. But my target is always 25%. Okay? Now the relationship is how much do I purchase, how much do I have an inventory compared to what am I purchasing? So this is a format that I wanted to share um, that we use on a daily accrued to the week budget. If you can see my cursor, there's a daily total. So we fill this out every single day. We add today to tomorrow to get weekly. We add this week to next week to get the period. And we do this every single day, just like clockwork. Okay. Notice, can you guys see my cursor moving? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So notice the format of this. I have the person's name that's done it, the day and the date. What's the invoice number? The vendor. Is this meat? Is it fish? Is it poultry? These titles, subtotals can be anything that I'm buying. If it's pizza, maybe I'm tracking cheese, pepperoni, and sausage and other food right? Flour. Maybe that's it. But so this is a, oops, I'm sorry. This is a generic, generic costing sheet. My point is I'm going to track this out, carry the totals, add them up. This will double check because I'm going to go down to the column, double checks here, daily cost purchases against. So there's my purchases. I do that today. Tomorrow morning when I come in, I take the POS sales report summary. I plug in my sales and I have my PC for the day, my percentage cost of goods today accrued to the week, accrued to the period every single day. And if I was to graph this, it would look kind of like this. The daily is going up and down, up and down, up and down. Pretty radical, that blue line. The week is going up and a little bit more stabilized than the daily craziness. And over the period or the month, it's going to be much longer. And here's what happens. If my week is Sunday, excuse me, Saturday to Sunday or Sunday to Monday, excuse me, 
if Monday's the first day, Sunday's the end, my opportunity is pretty radical costing. How in the world am I going to get to my 25% target if Monday is 150%? Ah, but Tuesday, my daily cost is zero. I have no purchases. So in one day, I cut my food cost by 50%. Wednesday, I only purchase maybe a third. Oops. So what ends up happening is, yet again, I've smoothed out. By Wednesday, I can see where I'm going to be for my week. By two weeks in, I can see where I'm going to be to my period. So I'm always looking, I call it looking off the bow instead of looking off the stern, waiting for my P&L. So, Rudy, um, real quick, the, the previous slide, which is an Excel or some type of spreadsheet, yeah. uh, is that spreadsheet tied to this graph so you can have a visual? Yes. Um, yeah. Is that an asset that you're going to offer to people who join us next month yes. in the course? The, okay. The, sh- the short answer is yes. Got you. Okay, cool. So, so again, if you're watching this video, you're seeing some assets right now. Um, you're going to get these assets when you do, when you join the course, which we're going to let you know about more yeah. about that at the very end of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thanks for asking that. Yeah. So this, then this graphing and this costing sheet tie to our inventory I never want to run out. I only sell out. So to my guests, whether they're virtual or not, Mike, it's, I appreciate seeing your head nod. We never run out, even if we do. <laughs> my sales team, never that word is not in our vocabulary. We never run out. We only sell out. And I'm not going to sell out at 6 o'clock at night. I do want to sell out at 9.30 or 10 or whenever the government is shutting me down now with COVID or when we get back to regular operating hours, okay? So we never run out. We only sell out. That's item two. Item one. Item two, what is the right inventory budget? This is where you guys start throwing plates at me and knives. That's not A good for your budget. Just for a, a restaurant, right? If you remember our our this this slide a few minutes ago, the year to date sales on fourteen thousand a week is about seven hundred and twenty eight thousand dollars. On seven hundred and twenty eight thousand dollars in sales of food, my the tip when I'm asked to come into a restaurant and look at inventory, the average restaurateur inventory is about twenty-eight dollars or $29,000. Not always, but very, very much the average. $25,000, $28,000, very typical. Here's what I'm going to suggest, and this will sound like heresy. At $500 a day cost, I'm going to make the case that my whole inventory ought to be no more than $1,500. Let's say we give it one extra day in case a truck gets broken in a snowstorm or we're in Texas and everything gets shut down with an ice storm. So four days. Instead of $28,000 in inventory, I'm actually carrying 2000 This is not heresy. This is a real number. So I've got case after... 
I've got a major client in San Diego that has restaurants that do a million a month. They have a $3 million inventory in seafood. Within six weeks, we have their inventory to down, down less than $1 million. In six months, their inventory was consistently a quarter of a million, and they rotated the inventory from three million. Imagine that number: three million sitting on the shelf to a quarter of one million. Think of the cash flow that got freed up. So, for you guys, think of twenty-eight thousand, or twenty-five thousand, or even twelve thousand in inventory that gets freed up to two thousand. That's $10,000 a week that I could spend on training or repairs repairs and maintenance or put in my SEP or put, put in my IRA Coaching. or buy a new food truck or get a ghost kitchen, whatever it might yeah. be. This it. is real, you guys. It gives me goosebumps, actually, in the moment. In the moment. So... With inventory, if there is a miss, I'm tracking my physical count first, purchases, sales per period, yield. If there's anything missing, it's shrinkage or theft. Physical count, daily purchasing. And actually, so this is good. I'm, I'm going fast forward. I'm going to back up again. Let's, Okay. Let's go back to daily costing. Imagine I'm tracking my purchases today, and if I have no purchases, my food cost today, sales into zero purchases, is zero. Oh, my God, how can that be? Obviously, we are using food. We, Of course, there's a cost. But what we're actually doing is keeping this simple so here's what begins to happen, and here's how this crazy, this slide of what's 150% food cost mean? Maybe I have $1,000 in sales, but I have $2,000, $2,500 in purchases. So my right food cost for a Monday might be 150%. In two weeks, literally not longer than that, maybe three I will prove that my right number for a Monday is 150%. Tuesday, zero. Maybe I'm buying bread. Maybe I'm buying some simple produce. So maybe my ideal cost on a Tuesday is 5% or zero or 1%. Whatever that number is on a Tuesday, here's what begins to happen is that if my purchases come in at 200% on a Monday and I know that my ideal is 150, watch out because we went over budget and I need to track the rest of the week. If it came in at 140 or 130, maybe I didn't buy enough because I only have two purchase days, Thursday and Monday or Friday and Monday in this case. You with me? Same thing. If I have a zero day or a 2% day, after two or three weeks, that 2% day starts showing up very consistently. Here's what gets exciting. If it comes in at 10, 
Whoa, what did we buy? What did we buy? We're over budget. If we came in at, I don't know what minus zero would be, but if it comes at anything higher than zero, we've got a potential problem. Okay. Here's the third gift. Every single day of the week, I get to have a kitchen meeting and an all staff meeting that says, hey, guys, it's Monday. We're on target for our food cost. We are at where our food cost to date is right on the budget by Wednesday. Hey, it's at 22.6. We're on target to hit 25 by the end of the week. What questions have you got? So as opposed to me saying, oh, you're doing a good job, guys. Oh, hey, we need to watch out for purchasing. No, 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 no. We can actually talk about tenths of percent of budget. That's exciting. And what begins to happen is my team begins to learn that numbers are actually fun. And numbers are good. Numbers are data as opposed to good job, bad job. And then I get upset at the end of the week or the end of the month when I don't get my number. So every single day we're talking about data. Hey, we got we came in at 22.2. Our target was 22. We're two tenths up. We need to pay attention tomorrow. Okay. One other headline with this. If my food cost budget is 3500 bucks for the week and my inventory is where the inventory was, the if my inventory is above budget, if, I, if my target was 2000 and it's 4000 maybe I diminish. Here's what we do. Instead of you getting 3500 bucks this week, we're going to only give you 3000 because we need to bring down the inventory back to budget. So I can't. I, I've got to buy fresh food. I'm not going to say you don't have a budget. You can't buy anything this week because we li- we work with volatile product, right? So, but I can incrementally reduce the inventory every, and the purchasing budget every week. So, with this said, I wonder what questions our audience has got. Natalie, Mr. Bosma, Mike, what questions you might have live, or Eric, what questions you've got. Uh, I'm going to open it up to the group real quick. Uh, real quick, one quick, one more quick break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back to answer questions. Bebot is the next generation of point of sale. That's because it's mobile, in your pocket, fast, and it's so easy for your guests to use. Here's how it works. Using near-field communication or QR technology, the guest touches their phone to the location marker, which automatically pulls up your menu. Then the guest selects their order, pays, and tips all directly from their phone. The order gets shot to the kitchen or bar. It's that simple. And one of the things I love about Bebot is that it makes the ordering process so much more efficient, meaning your guest will get more time with the server, which means they'll be happier, which means your servers are going to get better tips, which means everybody wins. You win, your guests win, and your servers win. Not to mention, it's contactless. It's branded to your restaurant. There's zero commission fees. You can use this technology through takeout, delivery, and dine-in, and it integrates with your POS. Bebot, the contactless order and pay solution powering the future of hospitality 
Howdy. To learn more, go to www.bbot.menu slash unstoppable. And when you use that link, you'll get your first three months free. That's www.bbot.menu slash unstoppable. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And effective labor management is more important than ever to ensure your profitability and restaurant success. Trusted by over 400 restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll system you already use and trust like toast, turning labor into a competitive advantage for you and your business to get three months absolutely free. Head over to www.sevenshifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S.com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. Get on it. We're back and we have our first question. Natalia, go ahead and tell us what your question is. Well, it's more of a, a comment. I just wanted to know when the, you said about a month, but do you have a specific date already for the course? Because I, I need this in my life right now. <laughs> yeah, we actually well, do. It's, it's first a- of all, we do have a date. Eric will give it to you. And I love that you can see, you can put this to use. Perfect. I love the chart. That makes it so easy for. Thank you. The line graphs will be perfect, especially for like my dad. He is the owner and he, he just wants like a quick, like show me how it's going. And it's so hard to like do the numbers and all that. And he gets like, he wants it quickly. So this will be perfect. Yes. Fabulous. Natalia, the first, uh, the first, lesson is going to be april 7th um, okay. at 1 p.m and uh we're going to be hosting this course over six weeks so we're not gonna so we're gonna break it into chunks and, and kind of trickle it out over time the other and the other thing we're going to do is we're going to go through all nine of those elements natalia and everybody about every, so everything from purchasing receiving all the way down to this daily costing model i mean we would have loved to do it all in this workshop but 45 minutes with q a just isn't enough time to, to really break down and to get you guys all the assets too that rudy was showing us um we're going to try to go deep into the course and really kind of take you guys step by step how to implement these these practices other uh, questions? Mike, go ahead. I see your hands up. Right on. Uh, so I'll start with the question, I guess. Um, more just advice. Like, how do you gauge net versus the gross sales food costs? I mean, there's there's different Very ways simple. of looking at it, right? Yeah. I mean, well, two different numbers, but one's what you really take in, and one is maybe gauges more kitchen success or, or staff success. Okay. Well, so one of the things, so first to me, you're, the answer is simple. Sales are sales are sales. So I do not count tax because that's not sales. That's going right to the government. Transfers in from one of my units or my commissary or my ghost kitchen into my restaurant a transfer from one site to another is a purchase. That is cost. 
Don't don't kid yourself that it's not. So the commissary or the ghost kitchen is its own business entity and it's selling the product to the restaurant. So now I can do cost of goods for the commissary or ghost. I can do cost of goods for my restaurant. The transfer is simply an internal vendor. Okay. Waste is cost. So that's part waste is part of the theoretical and the ideal into the purchasing, receiving and the, the production, right? So there's a prep list and a prep cost and my yield analysis and my kitchen. We actually certify our kitchen and our bar to be high producers. So they will tra- track them and test them on yield to get the right yield budget as well. So waste is part of the cost. Last but not least, comps. So if it's a promotional expense, if I, it's a giveaway marketing, various operators run various ways. Some say co- uh, marketing is marketing. I'm going to run it over here instead of food cost. I love actually keeping my comps in my costing. That That's actually the real deal because I'm giving it away. I'm assigning you a sales dollar. However, I am going to track the comp number. If we go down here. I didn't see that on there. Yeah. Okay. You did see it. Yep. Good. Yep. Okay. So there's a place for comps. Uh, I would not move comps into marketing. I would keep it in food costs. Personally. Okay. Personally. Right. How would you budget okay. comps then? Would you add it like a, say like a so, like hundred dollars so, or a thousand dollars a week for comps? No. Well, you could do that. You could say, I want 1% comp to the bar. I want one. I want 5% comps to food. Uh, maybe here, here's where I go. I don't care what you give away. I don't care what you give away. If you feel like here's Mike and Natalia and they come in three times a week and I want to give them something to say, thank you, give it, let it, here's a new menu item, taste it, right? Here's the, here's the nuance. If I market, it's a comp. If I don't market, it's theft, and you will be terminated. Theft is not a comp. So same thing in the bar. You want to give it away? Give it away. But market, ring it. You don't ring it, shame on you. That's theft. Yeah, we actually just got into this recently with, I believe it was uh, Elliot Nelson uh, talking about just putting a system around being generous and even that yeah, same system for your, exactly. your, your, so your internal then, So then here's, what, then here's what really is cool about being generous, to your point. If I say I don't care, pay attention, I don't care isn't quite right, <laughs> what I do want you to do is mark the numbers. So if it's one, in, and we'll do a target budget, say 1%, 2%. If somebody goes over three, four, five, six percent, I'm going to sit down and say, "Hey, Mike, last night there was a six percent run on comps. 
I love how generous you are. However, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Tell me about the 6%, dude. Yeah. Okay. Because if it's 6% every day, that's going to whack me out. But if it's right, but if it's a unique, this is again, why numbers are fun. Instead of slapping hands, I can go good job. And right. oh well, here's what happened. Natalia and Chef Roro came in last night, first time in weeks. It was great to see him. I just welcomed him back. Cool, great idea. Bang, good for it. But it's like, oh, my girlfriend came in again, and we are we're broke. And okay, well, that's great. And in the future, no. Yeah. Right? Uh, okay. Mike, are you? Does that answer your so, question? Do you have a follow up? Yeah, no, that that getting into the comps is exactly what I was kind of yeah. looking at. Um, there are those those four things: comps, transfers, yep. waste. Exactly. Sure. Awesome. And I just to say to the rest of the people out there that you know I've kind of been using a version of Rudy's methods from the last time we sat with him. Actually, since I listened to the podcast with him on it a while ago, and uh, I've. I think this year so far I'm running at about 14% profit, which is up 4%. Nice. <laughs> and just, I haven't gotten my inventory quite as lean as uh, Rudy would like it probably, but it is probably, I mean, it's cut close to half. Um, so, awesome. So that's, that's so good. Cut, so so think it works. About that. Yeah. So think of that, Mike. You cut your money in half instead of your money being on the shelf Half right. of it, fifty percent of it's now in the bank. Right, Mike. What have you? Why I, I was smiling a lot during that uh, run out versus sell out because I've been having to bring that up quite a bit. And you know, kind of if we run out once, or if we sell out once, it's one thing. If we continually run out of something, then we need to do something better. Yeah, right. And Mike, I'm curious, what did you do with this additional four percent profit? Um, <laughs> what did I do? Yeah, how's your? How have you made your business better with the more profit? Well, right now I'm busy squirreling away because uh, who knows what's coming next or what you know. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I love it. Yeah, but awesome. no, I've got I've got things in the pipeline. I'm I'm working on yeah. a couple of different expansions and growth. So I love it, man. Congratulations! Well, Mike, yeah, thank you, thank you for verifying the support. And that the system works, right? That's right. so cool, and, man. And just a, a consistent, more consistent food cost. I mean, it, it's not quite where I want it yet, but it's consistent. And so now we can we can really fine tune and narrow down where that excess is going and Sweet. get lean. I love it. That's man. the point. That's exactly. I'm so excited for you, man. That's great. Roro, I saw you uh, turn on your camera. Did you want to turn on your mic and uh, ask a question? Uh, well, yeah, just to kind of actually not a question, but a comment following Mike. Uh, I was part of that uh, first time when Rudy was on a little while ago. Uh, so I took some notes that time and implemented some of those things. Some of those things. Oh, I think, you know, I think uh, logistically, I think the biggest thing, the hurdle that a lot of us operators find or with our teams find is the day-to-day tracking might be overwhelming for a lot, you know, especially when it comes for the staff or the training and especially on the operators looking at the numbers daily or looking at your percentages hike up, so to speak, you know, and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm doing 60% food costs today. What the hell am I going to do tomorrow? You know, I think it just a note to all the operators and runners, his system is, is pretty sound and it works. And once you kind of keep in balance in the mind, you know, don't go crazy, 
you know, digesting those numbers day to day. Uh, but instead of focusing on having those numbers day to day, that way you look at the bigger picture, but you have the details so finite and down to the pennies that you do see a return. Actually, I mean, since the last time you were on, Rudy, I, I, my my costs went down three percent on my variance. So it was uh, I was at six, and now I'm at three on my variance for my cost. So I mean, it, it works. Just actually making it applicable to your team might be a little learning curve, but it's, it's worth it. You know, take it from a chef and an operator myself or uh, Mike here, you know, it, it does work. And it, the 13 periods does keep you structurally sound more year to year uh, you know, with those numbers and it helps you, you know, the day to day, don't get too caught up on when it goes really high or your sale, you know, your sales don't match up to the cost. Make sure you're keeping in mind the bigger picture, but you're doing the work. So that way, when you look at the bigger picture, you sit there and get a better understanding yeah. and a better pathway forward to what the next decision is going to be, especially nowadays. Yeah. I mean, with specials and promotions and everything totally. we're trying to do as operators day to day to week to week to get sales up, you know, make sure you're keeping in mind that while you're tracking your numbers day to day, that your business is week to week to month to year. So don't, don't get too crazy on if your costs are way too high one day to the next, but definitely track it day to day. And chef, the only thing I would say in response, or the only place I would push back, I, I can't, I wasn't sure exactly when you came on the call. The daily, the cool part of measuring what you just said and what I was saying is that after a few weeks, it becomes very evident that your big purchasing day, that right number might be 100%. It might be instead of 28 or 19 or 30 or whatever my PC is, the right number for that day might be 150, might be 120, Mm -hmm. and some other days might be 15 or 12, right? The daily is going to do this, what Natalia was pointing out about this graph. The daily is going to go like this. The weekly is going to go like that. And the month or period is going to go like that. Mm-hmm. So we're always looking forward and I, as a leader can go good job on these numbers to take your performance further. We need to watch purchasing next day for this to bring it down. Where's yeah. inventory? Where's purchasing? Awesome. Sweet. I think there might be a question out of what chef Roro had to share, which is his challenge. His resistance was getting the buy-in from the staff. Um, so Rudy, what is, what is your advice for overcoming that resistance, that hurdle? I would go to passion, to purpose, to values, to vision. If I come at my business from I'm the boss, you're not, you're going to do this. That's a job. Yep. If I if I understand, like to Mike's point or to Chef Roro's point, Chef Roro's dropped his cost 3%, Mike's dropped it 4 Those are real percentage points with opportunity. So here's what I'm, guess what? We are feeding our community. We're building jobs in a time when a lot of other guys are out of business and there's no work at all. By tracking these numbers, we will stay in business more effectively and we can live our purpose. 
Yeah. And I think that's... So, so that I'm in... The only thing I would say in addition, Eric, is I want to inspire my team to the reason for this. Listen to Mike. Wasn't, hey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking the money to go buy a Mercedes. I'm, I'm taking the money to put into a war chest so that we can keep doing jobs and we can build the company stronger. That's why. Now, if you want to do it, great. I, I'm excited. If you don't, guess what? This is the job. Yeah. And that, that's what I would have said. Focus on the, the fact that in order to make it the game, you have to have a scoreboard. And this system is going to provide you with that tracking, that, mm-hmm. that ability to track and to have a scoreboard and to make it fun. I think you right. need to, if you can communicate that, that like, hey, this right. can be a job or we can make this into a game. And here's a, and here's mm-hmm. the, and here's how we play the game. You guys want to play? Go yeah. for it. Go for it. Exactly. exactly. If you want to play, this is how we perform. Yeah. And then if, even if further. If you don't want to play, that's your choice. And guess what? The door is over there. And beyond that, like Rudy pointed out, if you're a mission-driven organization, which I hope you are, if you have a why, make make it clear this is how we this is how we feed our why. This is how we meet right. our purpose is okay. by being physic- fiscally responsible, one of our core values. We need that cash right. flow. Right. Uh, Roy, do you want to raise your hand? Did I see you raise your well, hand? Yeah, I was actually saying, kind of following with you, Eric, make it a game. Mm-hmm. Write your co- oh. cogs on the board. Have a whiteboard. Track your cogs week to week and put them on the board. Yeah. Talk to your staff. Yeah. What do we do this week? What do we do next week? If we can hit this number at the end of the month, maybe build in an incentive, a, a something for the team to yeah. excite them, to make it a literal game to them. So that yeah. way they're in, they're in, uh, incentivized to keep it operating and attack that cost. And then you create a better structure with your team that now they're understanding their fiscal responsibility to the concept, to the brand, to the culture of your business. Amen, brother. Right. You get it. Awesome. Bruce, do you want to wrap the that other, up? The other cool part of what Chef just said and Mike was alluding to as well is that now I'm part of some, as a team worker in the kitchen or wherever, I'm part of the solution. I'm not just I'm not just a dumpy worker. I'm actually part of the solution. It, it's really exciting. I love it. Awesome stuff. I think we um, answered all the questions. Uh, Rudy, thank you for coming back to host the second workshop on the subject of costing. Um, if you weren't able to make the first one, hopefully you're able to make it today. And a reminder, uh, stick around for the closing thoughts. I'm going to give you all the details on how you can make sure you're joining us live for the step-by-step food costing and profit 101 course that Rudy is going to be hosting in the network beginning the first week of April. Rudy, again, always a pleasure to have you uh, join Join us. Uh, any final thoughts, calls to action, things we should know, how to connect with you before we say goodbye? Uh, call to action. Definitely please reach out to me on Restaurants Unstoppable and or my contact information is here, Rudy at Mick.com. And uh, I am at your service. Again, this is episode 785. Head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 785. We'll have a summary of today's discussion as well as the video component of today's chat and also a link to uh, stay up to date with future unstoppable courses um and rudy alluded he is in the network so if you head over to restaurant unstoppable network if you join the network he, he has a profile he has his own group within the network you can 
reach out to Rudy, ask him his questions. He's there for you. He's probably one of our most active members in the network. If I'm being honest, we love having Rudy there. Uh, and yeah, um, make sure you stick around to the closing thoughts again. Thank you for everybody who showed up and thank you, Rudy, for hosting us today or, you know, thank you mentoring guys. us. Today. Thanks so much. I love hearing the results that you're getting. You guys. Awesome. Bravo. Great. And um, there's more. Yeah, <laughs> we, we can cut it there. Cheers, guys. There we go. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. I I know you found value in today's workshop, and I really do hope you implement the lessons learned today. And uh, funny enough, this was actually the second time we recorded this workshop. The first time we ran into some technical difficulties with the audio. Uh, Wi-Fi signal wasn't really that strong. Plus, we got a a lot of great feedback on the content, um, and we we know a few people weren't able to make it, so we hosted it a second time. And um, it came out great. And uh, a couple of people that were with us the first time came back a second time and they've since implemented a lot of the lessons that you could these weren't planted testimonials uh they were organic raw real testimonials this stuff works and it was only two months between the first time we recorded this and the second time they're already starting to see results uh so this is some powerful stuff if you want to implement this practice in your business and you want step-by-step guidance in the tools that rudy has created to execute this approach to costing, then here's what you got to do. Head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 785. We will link to the course that we're hosting live in April, the first week of April. The first session is going to be Wednesday at 1 p.m. And it's going to be every Wednesday for six weeks at 1 p.m. live. Uh, so if you want to get the step-by-step process, if you want access to Rudy and literally have him as your instructor live, then again, head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 785. And when you use that link uh, in the show notes, you'll see it. It will, it will be front and center. It will make it so obvious. It will hit you across the face. When you use that link, you will get three months of free access to Restaurant Unstoppable Network if you're not already in the network. So you get three months access to Restaurant Unstoppable Network and you get access uh, to this course when you head over to the show notes, episode 785, uh, restaurantstoppable.com slash 785. Find the link, get in the network and get ready to take your costing game to the next level. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for sticking around this long. Uh, I'm really excited to meeting you when we host this course. And uh, I think we're only going to allow 15 people um, to join us live because we want this to be intimate. Um, so do not hesitate. Do not wait to get over there and to pre-register for this course. All right, guys. Cannot wait. See you next time. <laughs>